Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Well, I'm delighted uh, to have uh, our speaker today who is um, an amazing young man that is God is raising up. And I, I, um, I really have a love for Rocky. Um, he's kind of a son to me in the house, and I'm, I'm just delighted in what God is doing in and through his life. And so um, he's coming today to share the word of the Lord. So would you guys give him a big hand, Mr. Rocky Step? Come on, Rocky. I said, I said, Rocky, I said, you really dressed up today, didn't you, buddy? <laughs> I like that, man. I, my hair won't do that, but, you know, I like it. It's good. I like that, too. I mean, come on. All righty. I'll get out of here. Thanks, Sam. Well, let's stand up and pray before we start. Lord, I just pray for your presence to be so strong here today. Father, I pray that you would speak, that your words would be known. Jesus, I pray that you would reveal everything you're doing. Let us receive all that you have to give. Lord, let today be all about you, Jesus. Let it all, everything, let it just be about you, Lord. You, you are King of kings. You are Lord of lords. I ask that you would reveal more of your love to us. I ask Jesus that you would reveal more of who you are and let us have a, a greater understanding of who you are, Lord. So I pray you touch us, Father. I pray that you encounter our hearts and that you let today be all about you and that you would just speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today um, ties into worship, and it wasn't planned, but we're going to talk about love. And it's amazing how God works. I mean, I'm all the time, I'm overwhelmed by what he's doing. I've said so many times that once you taste and see of his presence, once you, once you taste and see of just a little bit, you, all you want is more. Once you taste and see of Jesus, all you want is more of him. You just need a little taste. I shared that a while back about the coffee thing. I, there's a story I remember. Um, this was right when I was tried actual real coffee, not the instant kind. I remember um, I, I spent like three months trying French press coffee and drinking that. And then I, came, I was working um, at the Cove, and I came back, and I used to drink their coffee all the time. And I'd pour myself a cup of coffee, and it tasted terrible. <laughs> and I, w I went to the manager, and I said, did we get a new coffee? This, uh, this doesn't really taste good. <laughs> and she told me, I handpicked out this coffee. And I said, I'm sorry, but this tastes terrible. <laughs> it's once you taste something better once you go to better quality you don't want to go back 
once you taste and see how good the Lord is, once you see and you experience his love, there's no other love that can compare to him. Jesus has really, he's been talking to me about love and specifically our love for him. There's this worship singer, Stephanie Gretzinger, and she was saying how here in America, we say a lot of times when we see a familiar face, we say, how are, hey, how are you doing? The other person say, I'm good, how are you? And then we just walk by each other. And our, our words and our language, it says that we want to get to know how that person's doing. Our language says that we want to sit down and really understand how are you doing but we don't actually. It's just a quick thing when we just walk people by. That's what we do with God. We say, Lord, I want you to come. I want you to use me. I want you to wreck my life. But when he actually comes, so many of us aren't willing to pay the cost. We say, Lord, whatever it takes, use me. I want to follow you no matter what. I want to go wherever you want me to go. I want to do whatever you want me to do. But then when he comes and he tells you to do something, so many of us aren't willing to pay the cost. There's always a cost to follow Jesus. And it costs everything that you have, but it's always worth it. He is always worth it. He is worthy. He is holy. And there's nothing else that compares to him. I just want to share that, I want to ask this question, what, what do you think is the most watched movie ever? Does anybody have any guesses? What do you think is the most watched movie in all of history? Does anybody have any guesses? I was, I was thinking Star Wars Avengers. Believe it or not, Jesus' film that was released in 1979 is the most viewed film ever, with over 8.1 billion times watched by over 4 billion people. <laughs> Jesus has a lot more power than what people realize. This has been, he, he has so much effect on everything, and all he wants us to do is just notice him. All he wants us to do is spend time with him. All he wants from us is adoration, to love him with all our heart, to stop for him. We pass by him every day, every day. Every single day, Jesus is saying, would you spend time with me? Would you sit with me? Would you listen to what I'm saying? He's speaking to us all the time. He's speaking to us every single day. There's not a moment when he's not talking. There's times when we ask him to speak and we may not hear him, but there's never a moment where he's not speaking to us. That's, it's not because he's not speaking, it's because we're not hearing. He has more thoughts for us than the grains of sand on this earth. Do you really think he's not speaking? He wants you to, to stop and to be still and to spend time with him. He wants to know, do you love him? Do you really care about him? I had to re repent um, a while back because God was, he was showing me 
something that I didn't realize is that times when I really spend time in the Word and I really seek Him and I really go after Him, sometimes I can get into a pride thing. And I can say, I've, I've spent so much time with the Lord this week. I've done so much with Him. I can get a pass and not spend so much time with Him today. And what I realize when I get in that place of thinking that I know everything, that's when I really don't want Him because I think I got it all taken care of. When we think we know everything, we don't really want them. When we're not desperate, we don't really want them. We cannot let this pride take control of us. We have to be in a place in ourselves where we realize that He is King, He is Lord, we are not. You are never the smartest person in the room. Jesus is. He always knows more than you. And humility is the way forward. Walking in humility, letting him be number one in our lives, letting him rule, letting him move us however he wants. That's the way to live life. It's, it's all about him. It's always about him. In, in John 21, that's what we're going to go today and really speak out of for the most part. And I think we might have the verses up. We're starting, might be 15 or, or later than that. But when you read John 21, before we get to the part that I want to talk about, I want to give context. Jesus, at this point, this was the third time that he revealed himself to the disciples. The disciples, Peter decided that he was going fishing and some of the disciples came with him. And then Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out. He said, fellows, or some translations read, children, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. When you're obedient to Jesus, there's overflow. When you listen to what he's saying, you get more than what you could imagine. Then the disciple Jesus, then, then the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that is the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water, and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. We have to be like Peter, the one who hears that it's Jesus, and he doesn't stay in the boat waiting until he gets there, but we jump in the water excited to be with him. This is how we should be every day, excited to be in the presence of Jesus, excited to be near him. And there's so many... It, it, it's true. There's so many that they don't feel his presence. They don't feel his love. They're not feeling his peace. They're not feeling what he gives. But it's just seek him and you will find him. Just continue to pour your heart and you will experience his presence. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That's all it takes is that first sip of his goodness. And then you become addicted He said, bring some fish you've caught. Jesus said, 
That's what Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet he hadn't torn, the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples. So after breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, and feed my sheep. It's really interesting. This is the third time that Jesus goes to the disciples. And the thing that he chooses to say is he goes to Peter and he asks him three times, do you love me? What he cares about is if we love him. What he cares about is do we want him? Do we want to spend time with him? You see, earlier in scriptures, when he was, there was a time when he was talking about how he is the bread of life, how he gives eternal life. And if you keep reading, it says that many of his disciples left him, and he turned to the twelve and he said, what about you? And then that's when Peter said, where would we go? You are the only one who gives eternal life. You are the only one who gives us what we need. Jesus is the only person who can give you eternal life. He's the only one who can fill you with peace and joy like never before. It's not found in the world. It's found in Jesus. See, those other people who left didn't understand that. I've realized through experience that sometimes you have to let some people go who aren't going after the Lord. And there's been people I do not want to let go, and it's been, it has hurt me to let them go. But I've made a decision that no matter what, I will not compromise the gospel. There should not be a line that you won't cross for Jesus. There should never be a line you won't cross for him, no matter how radical it sounds, no matter how crazy it sounds when he tells you to do something. The world will tell you all kinds of things all the time. This is how you should be a husband. This is how you should be a man. This is how you should look. This is how you should act. So many things all the time, 24-7. And if you're not rooted in Jesus, you will start to look like the world and not look like him. You have to be in a place where you're so firm where you are that no matter what anyone tells you, you will always go after him. It doesn't matter... Who it is, my family, my spouse, my friends, if you're not going after Jesus, I'm not about that. And I don't care how much it hurts me. It hurts me to let people go. I don't care how much it hurts me. I'm always going to choose him. That's how we have to be. We have to realize how, how precious he is. Is he, is he priceless to you? Or is, is he just worth a few pieces of silver like Judas? So, all the time we ignore him, all the time we pass him by, 
And all he's saying is, do you love me? Then take care of my sheep. How do we show that we love him? Take care of his sheep. So many of us, we're in this, so many Christians are trying to compete with each other and trying to raise each other up of look at how much I'm doing. Look at how much, look how farther, much farther I am. But the reality is we should all be excited and we should all want our brothers and sisters to go farther than we are. That's the kingdom. We cannot, we, we can't, live without the body we cannot work in unity and harmony without the body we need each other and it we cannot get into this competition mindset jesus said to feed my sheep we are to take care of each other we are to love each other we have a greater responsibility as brothers and sisters in christ to each other than to a normal person who's not a believer there, there's, a, there's a greater accountability. There's, a, there's a, a greater thing there where we have to take care of each other and we have to love each other unconditionally. The word is agape. That means without conditions. No matter what someone's doing, no matter what they may have done, if someone offends you, if someone hurts you, then you need to look at Matthew 18 and you need to go to them yourself and you need to work things out. That's what the Bible says. But that's not what the world believes. If someone offends you, someone hurts you, I'm never going to talk to them again. I'm just going to completely cut them off, and that's it. But the Word says to reconcile and to make things right. But you see, saying this right here makes so many people angry. And people won't like that you say these things, and people won't like that you're trying to reconcile. You have to be rooted in him, and you cannot pay attention to what the world says. What he says is always what matters. What he's doing is always what matters. How precious is he to you? We were made to adore him. We were made to worship him. We were made to give him our attention. We were designed to live in relationship with him. I find it really amazing. Um, I was studying about just how the elements with the universe and what makes up, like how, do you know the chances are that we're here today? Like the chances that we are, are living and breathing just being chance are so crazy. I heard one person say that the chances of, of life being here just by random chance is like taking a dart and throwing it from outer space and hitting a bullseye here on earth that's the size of an atom. That's, that's what it's like. It, it's so crazy. So many, it's, it's amazing, so many physicists out of the nine planets in our solar system and over 200 moons, many of them believe that here on Earth, we have the best viewing spot to see an eclipse. Isn't that crazy? God has set everything up for us to, to adore him. God has set everything up here so that we can look at him in awe and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Everything here is set up so that we can adore him and we can worship him. How, how else can we love him? Matthew 25, 31 through 40.
But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You want to love Jesus. Don't always walk people by. When you see someone in need, when you see someone who needs help, help them the, the best way you can. We don't always have all this money and stuff to give, obviously, but there's other ways to help people and bless people without money. Prayer has way more power than money. Actually, speaking of prayer, there's a, there's a question I was asked. Um, raise your hand if you believe Prayer has power. You want to you wanna know what I was told? I thought it was Jesus that had power. Is it really prayer or is it Jesus? <laughs> prayer is a conversation to the one who has power. It's always Jesus who has power. It's always him. It, Jesus has more power than anything. He, he has all authority on heaven and earth. I'm not in love with the Bible. I'm in love with the one who is the word, Jesus. I'm not in love with worship. I'm in love with the one I worship. I'm not in love with prayer. I'm in love with the one I pray to. There's a distinction. We have to see with his sight and his vision. We have to look at the ones he's saying stop for. And that comes from spending time with him. And that comes with, with sitting with him and asking him, Lord, give me your sight. Give me your vision. Who do you want me to stop for? Who do you want me to talk to? There's always someone he wants us to go to. And no matter how, if you feel like you're not good at speaking or if you're introverted or if you're not good at talking, he will use you. Exodus 4, Moses, he told God, I stutter, I, I stumble, I'm not good at speaking, this and that. And God said, all you have to do is show up and I'll speak through you. All you have to do is show up and let him use you. And he will. But you have to believe this. You have to have faith. God wants to use all of us in this room. There, there's no one above anyone else, okay? We're all to work in unity. We're all to worship God and to serve him. So let's not be in competition. There's no use. I want to see every person in this room go so much farther than me, obviously. I want to see every person in this room really be used by Jesus, really step out in faith, really be bold, 
And I know that each person in this room can. Because he doesn't choose the most gifted people. He, he's not saying you need to be the most qualified, the most gifted, the most called. As you go, he's the one who qualifies you. As you step out in faith, he's the one who prepares you and gets you ready. But you have to step out in faith. In John, 4, John 14, 15, it says, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commands. As we walk in obedience to him, we're showing him our love for him. But again, as we walk in obedience, that should be out of a place of love, not duty. How do we walk out of a place of love and not out of a place of duty? The more we seek him, the more we know him, the more we love him. As you get to know who he is, as you, as you get to experience his presence, as you, as you get to experience his love, you find yourself falling in love with him more and more and more. You can never be too much in love with him. You, there's not a threshold. We can always be more in love with Jesus. We can always adore him more. So how do we walk out in a place of love by spending time with him and getting to know who he is. And through that place, we get to love him more and we get to walk in love. In John 20, it talks about how Jesus was, came to his disciples and he breathed the Holy Spirit on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So by reading that scripture, it tells me that we can have the Holy Spirit and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to be filled with the Spirit of God. Because He desires that rivers of living water flow from our heart. But that comes from a place of overflow. How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? We have to get it from Him, from the source. We have to spend time with Him. We have to seek Him and He will fill us. Our lamps always have to be full. Because we never know when He's coming back. None of us know. We can try to guess and say, right, we know what the scripture says, that when, when the word has been preached to every end of earth, then he'll come back. But we really don't know when. We have these ideas of there's all these people who's unreached, who's never heard the gospel. But we really don't know. We don't know when he's coming. It could be right now. It could be tomorrow. It could be any hour, any second, any minute. And if our lamps aren't full, what's going to happen? We are going to be scattered, and we're going to try to fill them at the last minute. And then by the time we come back, the door will be shut. And that's when he says, I never knew you. Is there holy fear for God in this room? We have to realize who he is. And when we see how amazing he is and how precious he is, we have a holy fear not to be terrified, but to realize who he is. And out of that place, there's also obedience. Even later in, in John 14, it, it even reiterates this. Um, John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. 
And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And then go down, 23 to 24. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. If we love him, we will obey him. If we don't, we will not. Simple. It's right here. It's in this word. Do you love him? Are you living in obedience? Not out of a duty, but out of love for him. We cannot be in this duty thing. We have to let him use our lives. We have to say yes to him all the time. And it, there's time when it hurts because following him does hurt sometimes because you have to let things go. But it's always worth it. He's always worth it. We have to be a people abiding in him every single day. If you want to see fruit in your life, it comes from a place of intimacy. Fruitfulness flows from intimacy. And we've, we talked about this last time, is if you want intimacy, you have to continue to spend time with him. So going back to what Jesus asked Peter, he said, do you love me? Do you love me? That's what he cared about. And it's amazing that Peter, before that, denied him three times. And Jesus asked them three times, do you love me? There was this restoration that Jesus gave to Peter. And we've all denied him at some point. Just as I was saying earlier, there, there's times when we've denied him ourselves because every day he wants to spend time with us. And there's at times when we deny him and say, no, not today. Jesus is the most unseen here on earth. Talk about not being seen, not being heard. He's the most who's, not, who's unseen. He's the most who's not heard here. He's the most violated. He's the most abused by all of us. Do you love him more than anything else? Do you care about what other people think? Are you willing to cross any line for Jesus? What is this worth? Or are you in that place where you're so filled with pride and you think you have it all together, but you don't spend time with him because you think you have it all together? We cannot think we have it all together. We have to be desperate for him. What's, what I learned, what I heard that's in common with people like Billy Graham and, and Mother Teresa and, and some people of the faith is they all said the same thing. The older they got, the more, the more they realized how much they needed him. The older they got, the more they realized how, how much of sinners that they are and how desperate they are for him. We cannot let this come to us later. It needs to come to us now. We have to get this now and realize now we have to be desperate for him. Now we have to realize that we need him and we're so imperfect. We need a perfect savior. We need someone who, who, who makes us better than we were before. We need someone who, by giving our lives to him, we're reborn. We're a new creation. That's what we need. 
Are you filled with pride? Or do you realize how much you need Him? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Who are the poor in spirit? The ones who are hungry for Him. The ones who know how much they need Him. The ones who know that they don't have everything together. They know this. No matter where you are in life, no matter how much you know, you have to be desperate for Him. None of us in here are any exception. No matter how much you've read the Bible, no matter how much you've spent with Him, none of us are an exception. The devil knows the Bible more than any of us. And look at him. We need Jesus more than ever. And it has to be burning inside of us. And if it's not, then you need to seek him and you need to go to him and you need to give him all that you have. Give him your heart. And he will mold you and shape you. You are in here because he's drawn you. You're here because he's breathed life into your lungs. You woke up another day because he gave that to you. Do you want to be used by him? Do you want him to shape your life? doesn't matter how young or old. If you're still breathing, he's still wanting to use you. Always. It looks different for everyone. It looks different for everyone. And maybe the way he uses you, maybe it seems small to you. But I, I assure you, it is powerful and it makes an impact. As long as he's using you, that's all that matters. And even if that person looks like they're doing more than what you're doing, realize that you should celebrate. And you should be excited about what they're doing. And you should realize that as long as you're just letting God use you, you are making an impact for the kingdom. Does this make sense? Is this good? I'm going to read the last part of, of Matthew. Or no. I forgot my place. Where, um, when Jesus was saying, Peter, do you love me? Where was that again? John 21. See, brothers and sisters, helping me. Okay. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. And Jesus was talking to Peter. He asked him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he was seeing where Peter was at. He was seeing where his heart was. And once he realized, okay, Peter's making a decision. He's saying, yes, I do love you, Jesus. Yes, I do love you. Yes, I do love you. I've made up my mind. I love you. Then Jesus said, okay, follow me. He gave, he gave Peter another chance, and he said, follow me. All of us, all the time, Jesus is asking, do you love me throughout the day? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he's saying, then follow me. Then let me lead you today. Then let me use you today. Then spend time with me today. Then feed my sheep. 
I think, I think most of us in this room probably know someone who believes in Jesus who's going through a hard time. We need to feed a sheep. We need to, we need to care for each other. We need to be in prayer, and we need to talk to the one who can make things right. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciples Jesus loved and the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die, but this wasn't this isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? Jesus is saying, why are you so focused on everyone else? What, what is it to you? Why are you so focused on them? What you should really be focused on is him. The one you should really be focused on is Jesus. The one that you should really have your attention toward is Jesus. And what's really cool is how John it said he leaned over to Jesus during supper. The other, when you look at other translations, he had his head on his chest. And I heard this, this story one time. This guy was telling me um, he knows this lady, and she had this experience with Jesus to where he would, every time she closed her eyes, she would immediately see Jesus, um, see a vision of him. And she could ask him whatever she wanted to ask him. And he said that she asked Jesus, Jesus, how come he got to place his head on Jesus' chest? Why didn't no one else? And then she said that Jesus said, because he's the only one who wanted to. We can get as close to Jesus as we want. It's all about, do you want to? Do you love him? I'm not saying it's easy, quiz not. I'm not saying that this is a breeze, because it's not. But what I am saying is when you overcome that, that hard place of, of spending the time with him, that hard place of sacrificing time so that you can have time with him, as you get closer, his love gets greater in your life. As you get closer, it becomes more and more worth it, and it becomes more and more priceless. But we have to get through that hard stage. There's all those hard times. It's hard to spend time with them sometimes. It's hard to really seek him when your mind's on a million other things. But I'm encouraging you to keep seeking him. Keep pressing in. Keep, keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. The door will be open. But it comes in that place. It comes in that heart attitude. Do you have it? Do you want him? What is he worth to you? Those who are forgiven much love much. Do you know how much you're forgiven? Do you really know what he's forgiven you of? That's a good question to ask Jesus. Jesus, what are you forgiving me of? How much have you forgiven me? And when you realize that, there's going to be so much love that's going to pour out of your life. That's going to come from him. When you realize how sinful and, and imperfect that we all are, 
and you realize what he's, all those things that he's forgiven you of, even things that maybe you didn't realize were there, we are able to love so much greater because we realize we're not perfect, only he is. We're not the smartest, he's the smartest. We don't know all, he knows all. And we live life like that, and we just say, Lord, use me, and he's going to use you. But step out in faith and be bold for him. And this week coming up, I'm encouraging you to step out in faith. Do what he's asking you to do. Ask him to give you eyes to see. And don't take this for granted. Do not set up a line or a boundary that you won't cross for Jesus. No matter how crazy it seems. Do you not think it was crazy to put spit on someone's eyes? <laughs> you know, that's crazy. That sounds wild. Who, who's going to do that? If he says to do it, do it. Because then you can see him move and work. You see what happens when he does do that. You see what happens... I mean, everyone around you is going to think you're crazy, but who cares? When you follow Jesus, you look so crazy to the world. But the world, they need us to be crazy for him. Because they're looking for someone genuine. They're looking for something different. And if you're the same, why would they want it? Why would they want him? The world needs us to love him radically. The Lord needs us to go after him with all of our heart. People want someone genuine. They're searching. I, I, so many people I've seen, they're searching for something true, something genuine. And we are able to bring that if we just give our all to him and love him and spend time with him. And then we realize, we see people, because everyone's designed to be with him. Everyone's created to be in relationship with him. And when God removes the veil from people's eyes, we get to see who he really is. And there's nothing that will stop us from going towards him. Let's stand. I just want you to ask, continue to ask throughout the week, Lord, what have you forgiven me of? And ask him to use you in a, in a powerful way. This week, say, Jesus, how can I love you more? This week, ask him, Lord, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? Look for that one person that Jesus is saying to feed, to clothe, to give water. Because you do it to them, you're doing it to him. Do you love him? And if you're here and you've realized you haven't been loving him, and seek him then go to him then run to him and he will give you more he will give you more of him let's pray let's stretch out your hands if you are in a place where you have realized you haven't been loving him you haven't been giving him attention and you are saying you want this you want that eternal life that only he can give. You want that spring of water that you drink that you will never become thirsty again because he gives the water. If you want what he has and you realize you don't have it and you want it, close your eyes, everyone. Raise your hand in the air if that's you.
Everyone close your eyes. And if that's you, raise your hand in the air. Lord, I just pray right now that you would touch their heart. Father, would you allow them to love you more? Father, would you rush in with your love in their heart? Would you, would you reveal more of yourself to them? Would you just show them who you are? And that this isn't a joke. This isn't, this isn't pretend. But we need to have our lamps full of oil. Because we don't know when you're coming back, Lord. Let us get this urgency in our heart. Let us get this desperation in our heart that no matter what, we have to seek you. We have to go after you. Father, I pray that you would use everyone in this room so mightily and, and let them step out in boldness. I ask, Lord, that you would release revelation in this room. I ask, Lord, that you would release more hunger in this room. Father, stir up the fire within our hearts. Let, let, let the fire just flame and let it get bigger and bigger and bitter. Let it grow within us. And if any of us have been discouraged in this room, feeling like we're not doing much, I ask that you encourage them, Lord, and that as long as they're being used by you, they're doing a lot. Bless everyone in this room, Father. I pray for healing. I pray for provision. And I ask for your hand to just come upon each person and in, in this moment right now release peace and allow love to flood each heart. In Jesus' name, amen.